She stopped as she saw the destruction around her for the first time. The helicopter had spun into the ground out of control only two minutes before, and there were chunks of flaming metal and debris everywhere. And there were bodies. There had been fifteen people in the helicopter when they had taken off. Now there were only four, and one was the dead pilot. The force of the spin had flung men in all directions. They looked like little crumpled heaps of clothing with a hand or a face sticking out. Captain Vance was limping from man to man, his face cut and bloody stony with anger. He paused over one of the French crewmen who was crying in pain. His screams went right to Sin's heart. "'Come on!' she said to Gomez, and ran through the wreckage to Vance's side and stared down at the soldier, her stomach doing turns. The man was broken in so many places, and his limbs so obscenely bent that he seemed to be made of rubber. Immediately Father Gomez knelt down and started making the sign of the cross. "'No,' Vance said, shoving the priest away. "'Find Jack. See if he needs help. He's our first priority.' The priest hesitated, and Vance yelled over the wounded man's screams, "'Go, now!' Even Sin, who loved Jack more than life itself, had trouble leaving the poor man. His pain was so great. Slowly she stood and looked around for her shotgun. It was lost in the rubble, but there was another nearby, and there was a sword that the priest picked up and held with weak hands. "'He's our first priority,' Gomez said in a whisper, giving his head a little nod, as if he needed to convince himself before he could move." Sin wanted to ask when Jack had become anyone's first priority and what that meant, but Vance's urgency had caused her fear for Jack to ramp up. She picked her way through the rubble, hurrying to a side street that ran straight to St. Martin's Basilica, which was only a block away. In seconds she was at the edge of the main building with a found shotgun poised at her shoulder and Father Gomez right behind her. She had seen the sorcerer from the helicopter and guessed that he had brought down the machine— and that meant he was strong, stronger than Jack. And yet she wasn't shocked when she peeked around the corner and saw Jack standing over the kneeling sorcerer. It wasn't a surprise at all. She knew her Jack was tough, just as she knew what was coming. Quickly she turned to Father Gomez. "'Go back and heal that man. I have this under control, and Jack's fine.' Both were not completely true. "'He's going to kill that man.' Gomez said. There was no question that he was. Sin wanted to make excuses for Jack, but none would come. Just go, she said. Do something good. She turned from the priest and walked toward Jack, just as he swung the sword. The head came off the sorcerer's body and bounced and rolled, just like her stomach. Purposefully, keeping her eyes up, she went to his side. He didn't turn, but must have felt her presence. I had to, he said in a whisper. Yeah, she answered, not knowing what else to say, because a part of her didn't believe him. He was covered in dirt and grime and what looked like oil, and yet he seemed strong, and the sorcerer seemed so weak now that he was headless. Maybe there could have been another way. No, a voice said at her elbow, making her jump. It was Father Gomez, who couldn't take his dark eyes off the headless body. Jack is not lying. I don't know why he did what he did, but he's not lying. Had he read her thoughts? 
Flustered that her mind was open to the priest, she stepped back from him and pointed the way they had come. Go and heal that man, like I said. Gomez nodded, cast his eyes once more back to the body of the sorcerer, and then left. Sin watched him go as an uncomfortable silence fell about the battlefield, which was crisscrossed with blood and oil, scorch marks and ash. I had to, Jack said again. He wouldn't look at her or the dead sorcerer. The setting sun held all of his attention, although Sin guessed that he wasn't seeing that either. I believe you, she replied. In answer, he made a noise, a short laugh that was more misery than mirth, and she realized he hadn't been trying to convince her, he'd been trying to convince himself.